if you're serious about changing your life, you can't be afraid of that moment that is seems impossible and something you so totally don't want to deal with because that's outside your comfort zone. And mm-hmm. that's the place where the real change happens. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. We have a badass on the show today, and I don't say that lightly. Jen Sinchero, is the New York Times bestselling author of the series called You Are a Badass. And she is a voice of authority in this area for sure. She went from living in her garage to becoming rich. And she talks about it. She shares her story, how she did it. And it wasn't just for the sake of making money necessarily. She talks about her journey and why and the intention behind her shift and complete transformation One of the things I really appreciate about Jen is that she is no BS. (laughs) And this isn't uh, just another series of self-help books that we might be used to. Jen Sinchiro keeps it real, and she's funny. In this episode, we talk about the difference between wanting and deciding. We also talk about that point that we all get to when we just get sick of putting something off or we get sick and tired of kind of being sick and tired. And if you're in that space and place in any area of your life, the good news is it means you're probably ready. (laughs) And this episode will definitely help you get some inertia and take action. The level of tactical advice and insight that Jen offers up in this conversation is enlightening because for someone who's actually been through this process of going from a a life that they didn't want or maybe their default life to truly building the one they do want, Jen is qualified to have this conversation because she's walked it, she's lived it, she's done it. And we discuss our relationship with money and this taboo topic that we sometimes dance around. And Jen has very specific ideas on how you can shift that and create more money if you're into that kind of thing. Jen talks about the fact that the most important thing she did when she decided to get rich was give herself permission. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. For me, being able to design my own day is a non-negotiable. 
As many of you know, I'm a bit of a time management nerd. So when I find something that allows me to be more efficient and more effective, I want to share it with everyone. So here's the scoop. I have a new tool in my productivity tool belt, and I'm a bit obsessed. It's Monday.com. My team and I have never felt more organized, and I have a new sense of perceived control. My to-do list is no longer the boss of me. I feel more in control because every project, initiative, date, and task is captured and organized in one place, and my team is in the loop and involved every step of the way. With Monday.com, it's like I have a brand new operating system. There's no long list, and everything has its own home, its own deadline, its own team member that's assigned and associated, and it's color-coordinated. We all have multifaceted jobs and businesses. There are many components to my business, and each and every one of them has its own compartment. Each division is always one click away. For example, my team and I have a dedicated board for this very podcast. Did you know there are 28 steps involved in getting one podcast to air? It's the same exact process every time, and it's a system. We have the various key steps mapped out as micro tasks, and this allows for my team and I to stay in lockstep every step of the way. With Monday.com, I can zoom out and see the big picture, a roadmap view from 30,000 feet. And a moment later, I can zoom in and focus on a specific microtask within a project, within a division of the company. I could go on and on about the features that Monday.com offers, one of which is I've built my social media content calendar inside of Monday.com. I finally have one that I actually use, that I like, and it's embedded into my overall Google Calendar. Another feature that I love is the Google Doc integration. You know I love a good spreadsheet. I can pull them into Monday.com and edit them right there versus having 97 tabs open on my computer. If how we spend our days is how we spend our lives, then I can't think of anything more important than using the time in our days wisely. Head to monday.com if you want a free trial. And let me know on social media how it goes for you. Shoot me a DM. We can swap tips and tricks. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I am excited too because I'm a a new fan and recently read one of your books. So I will definitely hop into that. But before we do, can you tell me about a time when you had a big decision to make and you asked yourself, why not now? And we'll talk it through. The one, I've had many, but the one I think would be the most appropriate to share is, and I've written about this trip in um, some of my books, but was a time that I decided to go to India by myself. I hadn't really done any huge solo trips. I hadn't done any real solo trips, especially certainly not somewhere that far away and that mysterious to me. And I was so terrified to go, but I knew in my heart that I was a traveler and that I was an adventurer and explorer But I'd always done sort of these safe little trips. And I was like, all right, let's just leap off the edge. And you got to do it sometime. So why not just do it now? Book the ticket, buy the book, and do it now. 
And so you had been thinking about it. You finally greenlit it. Did something happen that day where you just decided, okay, this is it? Or what triggered the purchase of the ticket? Because that's the big thing. (laughs) It is the big thing, isn't it? I think like so many of these moments for me, it was, it's, it's almost like a ripening. There isn't any definable moment. It's sort of like that moment that you it's an aha moment when you just decide to do whatever it takes to make money or you decide to break up with the person that you're, you've been miserable with for years. You know, it's like, I think that we just ripen. And I I actually think it's very subconscious because there certainly isn't anything consciously happening. Like all of a sudden, you know, there's a sale on tickets to India. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't what happened for me. It was more, (laughs) I just, got sick of putting it off and listening to my excuses. Why not? And I just did it. That's that's actually one of the questions I had mapped out for you is to talk through this concept of, I just got sick of X because I, in your book and also in, in prepping for this conversation, I've heard you say that in other situations too. I just got sick of it. And that's recently actually happened to uh, just this last weekend, I had a family member who was ready to make some big changes, and it was almost like a point of surrender to the resistance. Right? Mm, like, that's whoa. such a good way to verbalize it. Totally. So you just got sick of it, like sick yeah. and tired of being sick and tired. So was it a similar feeling, but maybe not as as epic as when you decided to start buying the self help books and you were living in the garage? Totally. It's all the same thing. And I, and I think all of that is just what you said, where you, it's exhausting Mm -hmm. being stuck in a pattern that's not working for you. It's exhausting pushing against who you really are. It's exhausting making up excuses. All of that stuff takes energy. And so when you get sick of it, I, it really is truly a surrender where it's like, you know what? I'm working too hard here. I'm just going to let it go and lean back and see what happens if I don't push against, but rather receive. Yes. So for anyone listening, if you're feeling like you were just sick of X, Y, Z, you're sick and tired of me and sick and tired, that could be really great news because it could mean that you are ready. <laughs> you know, you are right there uh, if you decide to take that kind of first step forward. Mm-hmm. Your book, um, I was recently on vacation and I was reading a different book. And I'll be completely honest with you, Jen. I have to admit and maybe confess, I've seen your book in the airport over the last couple of years. I travel a lot and I love books. But for some reason, I didn't think it was for me. And I'm not against self-help and personal development books, but I just thought, you know, I just, I thought maybe it's for not my demo or something. And and so I was judging a book by its cover. (laughs) And then I... the first one to ever do that. I know, right? But I'm confessing because I was so wrong. So I get to Hawaii. I'm reading a book out by the pool, and it's called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence. I love that book. (laughs) Yes. Scoville shit. And she, she wrote it in 1925. You know, it's about the laws of metaphysics, blah, blah, blah. In fact, I think you might even mention it in your... Do you mention it as one of them? Yes. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, I have it. I have it in the resources. So um, I'm reading this and this woman next to me says, oh, what are you reading? And I, I didn't know this woman from anywhere. 
I turn over and I show her and she's like, is it good? I was like, yeah, actually, it's pretty amazing and it's so short and I have all these notes and highlights and stuff. And and I said, what are you reading? And she pulls out your book. And I was like, oh, tell me about that. You know, is it good? Like, really, be honest. And she had just had um, maybe gotten into a couple of chapters and she was like, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Her mom had just passed away suddenly and she was really grieving. And we started talking about it and she said, well, why don't we exchange just for the day? Uh, because I knew she could get through mine in a day and I was mm. a pretty quick reader, but I could get, at least get to know yours well enough to see if I wanted to buy it, <laughs> to test drive it. We end up trading and she and I became buddies. We talked throughout the trip. All of these things happen and I needed your book even so much more than this other one at this time it resonated with me in such a way that I, it's like your way of articulating things is not woo-woo and out there fluffy, but it's also funny and it's real. And I just appreciate your style and willingness to share your journey. So it just, it was this really cool experience of how I came into your book. Your book came into my world. It, it clearly was needed. That is a great story. My gosh. It's like, we're, it's like a honey badger. It's going to find you anyway. It's going to keep chewing and, and following you around on vacation until you read it. <laughs> exactly. And the universe was conspiring. And so a couple of things I'd love to expand on that you wrote and get some more of your thoughts. The way that you talked about um, needing to raise your frequency to match the frequency uh, or to match the vibration of the one you want to tune into, you clearly went through, you know, your life journey and you all of a sudden started just realizing these things or how did you get to the point to where you were able to articulate all of this so concisely? Were you still going through it? When I wrote You Are a Badass? Yes. Well, first of all, I think we're all always going through it. You know, you never finish with the work. They, they have this great expression, new level, new devil. So I'm still alive. So I'm still <laughs> doing the work. <laughs> but when I wrote the book, it was definitely, I had been studying self-development and practicing and, and coaching it for many years. So it was a result of all of my findings and discoveries up until that point interesting to to just the the different areas that you explore it's so um prescriptive but also it's equal parts inspirational and they're tools too and it's funny so one of the things about just this concept of raising your frequency to match the frequency or to match the vibration of the one you want to tune into did you like dive into the science of that because you don't seem to me to be the you know a super woo-woo type of person yet this is explained in a different way that just doesn't resonate the way other things I've read have. You know, that was honestly more from life experience than my scientific research, which is non-existent, because we do it every day unconsciously, sometimes consciously, but unconsciously. You know, if you want to have a productive day, you listen to inspiring music or you taught, you know, you have a mastermind with your best mastermind partner. You, you read some kind of book that's going to lift your spirits up. You raise your frequency. You put yourself 
in the frequency that you need to be at to then go out and kick some ass, right? And I would just see energetically in my life how this worked all the time. If I was being a sad sack and lying around and whining and complaining, like I would be in this sphere where that was my quote unquote reality, mm-hmm. you know, and I would notice the things around me that you know, just, you'd notice, I'd notice all the negative things in my life and all the reasons why it can't work and boo hoo, woe is me. And then when you make the decision to not do that, you can literally shift your energy with some tools and some choices. And then all of a sudden the world looks totally different. So it's the same world. You're just attracting, you know, quote unquote, attracting these things to you because you've shifted your perception. Our realities are completely based on how we choose to perceive our world. So this whole vibrational thing, that's how I really learned how to understand it was by getting really serious about changing my life and then being diligent about the choices I was making with my frequency in order to make those changes, you know, the things I wanted to manifest come true. It's amazing how you even say, you know, we're all attracting energy regardless of all the time, regardless of whether we realize it or not or not, or if we want to or not, to know that this is going to happen anyway, you might as well tune mm-hmm. in. Right, right. Right. And that you have a choice. Yeah. So you can choose. It's going to happen anyway. That's such an important point to bring up because if you're staying with the focus and the beliefs that don't serve you and don't bring you joy, it's going to happen. Those things will keep showing up in your life. So it's such an important thing to remember that you're doing it no matter what. So you might as well do it in a direction that brings you joy. Exactly. And it's, if you don't believe that, there is science that backs it up with constructive interference, Someone which, we'll write about. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, but, and, and I could go on and on and on with all my highlights about your book, the, you are a badass. Um, and I want to get onto some other things, but just a little bit of an innocent, ignorant question. Why has your book done so well? There are so many self-help books out there and I have, you know, my intuition saying one thing, but how, what do you believe is so different about it? Because it has. It's just been I know. Huge hit. Um, believe me, <laughs> we've had focus groups and we're trying to figure it out too. All I know is in my intention writing it, and you're right. I mean, it really, it, by the way, it did get passed on by every publisher because they're like, yeah, what the world really needs now is another self-help book. Mm-hmm. People passed on it right and left. But I felt like I wanted to write something, first of all, that was really pithy, that gave the information in as little time as possible because I'm patience is easily my most important lesson here on earth. And I am getting about a, I'd say, C minus in it. So I... <laughs> Um, I really just want the information. So I really tried to boil all of the stuff I knew down into really concise, short chapters, quick exercises. It doesn't need to take forever. So I think that appeals to people. I also think bringing some humor and some irreverence into into this world of self-help that tends to be lacking in those departments. And I think, and I, but I, I do think a lot of people talk about this, a lot of self-help authors, but I think also the fact that I've been in the trenches that I, you know, was sucking in certain areas of my life well into my forties and that I got it together later in life and can really relate to people wherever they are at in their lives helped. But I don't know, maybe because it has a yellow cover. It did really well. I have no idea. Like 
those, those, those are my feelings on maybe why. <laughs> well, and it doesn't really look like a kind of a, you know, scripty font, pink or purple, self-help, you still maybe a bird on it or something. So, but I, I just love the snackable, tangible takeaways and the spice, the sass and the tough love too. It's like, listen, yeah. this way it is. Is it possible that it, it was a bit of a Trojan horse for people who are seeking something bigger than themselves or maybe some spirituality without calling it that? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was another thing with me as I, in the, especially in the beginning of my journey, I was so grouchy about spirituality and so holier than thou. And so snarky about the woo woo. Yeah. And Same. so I definitely wanted to appeal to people like me who really needed some damn help, but just who didn't want to get busted reading it. <laughs> exactly. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you are digging this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from Renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing, I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjoemartin.com and click on connect with me. Okay, let's talk a little bit about money. So your next book you wrote, and I'm curious what you're up to now too, by the way. Um, I have some predictions, but just based, I'm really curious. So money, you are, even in the first, well, the you are a badass, the first one, you talk about it being okay to talk about it and let's not make it so taboo and it's okay to want to make money. Can you talk about your relationship with money a little bit and how it's evolved and just some of the tips and takeaways from that second badass book? Well, first of all, money was the reason that I ever picked up a self-help book in the first place because I was you know, I was, I was doing a lot of things creatively. I was in a band. I was traveling on a shoestring, but I was traveling. I was, I was living a life that I liked. Uh, but I was so broken, as you mentioned earlier, I was living in a garage in my forties. And, um, so that was the very obvious second book for me to write after you are a badass. Cause that was what my whole trajectory was around was money. And I truly believed that if my ass could get rich, other people totally could do it too. Because I had spent my entire life steeped in beliefs that it wasn't available to me, that I sucked at it, that it was wrong. Like I had every single excuse in the book not to, to get rich. And so I was really, really excited to write about that and yank people out of their stupors who could relate to some of the stuff I was going through. So that's where I lived up until my 40s. And then I started reading then, then that same thing, like, why not now? I made that decision and it actually had a lot to do with my trip to India, which is why I brought that up in the beginning, actually, is because when I got back from India, uh, which was something that scared the living crap out of me going all the way to the other end of the planet by myself, where I could just disappear in a poof and nobody would know what happened to me. It was such an amazing adventure and so exciting. And it lit me up so big and bright that when I got back, I thought I would be grateful for my little hovel of a garage just to have that after having been over there. 
but it did the exact opposite because I had faced one of my biggest fears and I had tapped into a huge part of myself that I had never really tapped into, which was this adventure nomadic part. And I came back and I was like, I'm getting a better place and I'm going to be traveling my ass off and I need money to do all of this. So that was a huge catalyst for this waking up to doing the money thing for me. And so I started reading self-help books and I started going to money making seminars that were really uncomfortable for me because, again, mm-hmm. I was still really snarky about the woo woo. Hello, my name is Jen Badges, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All the, the name tags and all that stuff. And honestly, the most important part in this, I found so much in my coaching career, too. The most important thing I did when I decided to get rich or make money or whatever you want to call it was give myself permission. And I have found, you know, I've been a coach for over 10 years. And that really is what the job of a coach is, is giving people permission to be whoever the hell they are and to go after whatever the hell it is that you desire. And when it comes to money, it is such a loaded topic. And it's so dirty to say out loud, I love money, I want to make lots of it. Like that is so loaded Mm -hmm. that so many people stay in financial struggle because they refuse to even look at what that means. Mm -hmm. They just immediately shove it in the closet because it's so dirty and gross and they don't want to be that kind of person. So the biggest first step I made was to give myself permission to get out there and make money. And you weren't comfortable with this idea of investing in your personal development at first, right? But that's clearly definitely not. But it was free. Yeah, well, it was from that decision. You know, I talk a lot about the difference between wanting something and deciding something. You know, when you want something, you quit the second it gets too hard or too expensive or too risky. But I had decided that I was going to get out of financial struggle and start making lots of money and. That's when, you know, opportunities to fly to some you are a millionaire conference in Las Vegas. I had to pay for the hotel room. I had to pay for the ticket. I had to pay for entry. I did it. I found a way instead of coming up with a a zillion excuses why I didn't have time or I didn't have the money or whatever. And same with hiring coaches and same, you know, same with every single step I took was just like this. Oh, man, I so don't want to pay for this. I don't even know how I'm going to pay for this. It was always a shove. But if you're serious about changing your life, you can't be afraid of that moment that is seems impossible and something you so totally don't want to deal with because that's outside your comfort zone. And that's the place where the real change happens. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you ready for change? Or maybe you're already in a season of expansion. As we embrace this new decade, are you ready to take action on your own Why Not Now idea? Maybe that means starting the company, launching the podcast, writing the book, or doing more public speaking, injecting your why into what you are doing. At the end of the day, that is exactly what creates connection. And connections convert. My life work is to help guide women through this very stage in their life. I do this through the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. It truly is the career love of my life. The reason I love this program so much is because I'm able to create a mosaic, a collection of like-minded, like-hearted, driven women who come together to level up. They learn the renegade mentality directly from me, and I share everything I've learned over the past 20 years in business. It's equal parts education, collaboration, accountability, and community. 
We are accepting applications for our 2020 program. And you are welcome to go check everything out about the program at renegadebrandbootcamp.com. And as a very first step, just sign up for my five-day email series. I uncover all of the questions about the bootcamp and help you understand if it's right for you. We've had some incredible women come through the program, and you will hear from them as well. You can check out the curriculum, the structure, the vibe, and everything in between. Many years ago, I went to Mark Cuban and asked him for investment advice. I thought I was going to get some real estate or stock market type of advice. Instead, he said, invest in yourself. Invest in your own growth. Invest in yourself. Bet on yourself. This is the best ROI you will ever find. If you're at that point where you are ready to take action, head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. There's so many taboo topics here. Money, personal development, or self-help. It's just the semantics around some of these things. Even, you know, sometimes meditation and mindfulness. And I used to think they were just such, you know, fluff. And now I realize how much of a strategy these things are. It's incredible. So you even talk about in the toward the end of the book, you talk about um, getting very specific about money. So with when people, listeners right now, let's say they have a why not now idea. A lot of the times what's keeping people from going from idea to action, they think, is money, right? Mm, from mm-hmm, quitting totally. or stopping something and starting something new or even investing a little bit into something. It could be anything, but a lot of times money's involved. So for someone who says, their excuse or their reason is, I can't because of money. What's the first thing you would say to them? Okay, so you can't because of money. So let's pretend that I have a gun to your head and you have to come up with this money to do whatever it is that you desire to do within the next 48 hours or it's over. The things you, and I'm not talking about doing anything illegal or you know amoral, But how would you push yourself differently? How would you put yourself out there differently? What risks would you take to get that money in your hand if it was a life or death situation versus I want to start my own business? And it's amazing what people do when they have to, you know? That's that's great. It's a a mental exercise. And just start listing, get out a piece of paper and say, I could do X. I could Mm -hmm. technically sell this. I could technically stop doing this. Yes, exactly. I could call this person. Yeah. Yeah. And running the numbers. It's amazing how we have this mental block and we just think, oh, I can't because of money yet. Have you even looked and like ran the numbers of what it would take to get there? You know, like, wait a minute. Totally. Pencil. I I have to say like the most common excuse I find for people who have day jobs that they can't stand is they can't quit because of the health insurance. I'm like, well, how much does it cost to go get health insurance on your own? And they have no idea. And they're staying in these jobs that they hate because of the health insurance. And they have not even looked at the numbers on how much it costs to get health insurance. So you suggest to the readers that you get specific and create a mantra about exactly what you want to have. Can you talk a little bit about that, how someone would do that? The first step in creating a mantra is becoming aware of your limiting self-talk on whatever topic it is. So, and I'm a big believer in one mantra at a time, like just one 
we, we've all got many areas of our lives that we could probably upgrade. At least I do. <laughs> you know, pick one that you're the most excited about now and then do the work on, okay, what are my beliefs about this topic? So let's just take money because that's what we're talking about. But so let's say if you're anything like me back in the day, my mantra was, I can't afford it. Like that would come out of my mouth every day, like 70 times a day. And so when I made this decision to get rich, I was like, huh, maybe saying I can't afford it isn't really reinforcing the kind of frequency I want to be in or the kind of belief system I want to have. So there is something I could easily turn around and make into a positive mantra. So instead of saying I can't afford it every time I wanted to say that, I would say money flows to me easily and freely. And even though at that time it didn't seem to be so, I kept saying it over and over, money flows to me easily and freely. And the more important thing about a mantra than it being 100% true in the moment is that it feels good, that it brings up some kind of emotion that it raises your frequency. So when I was saying money flows to me easily and freely, I could feel it. I can feel it now. Like, that's an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. It's very visceral, right? So yeah. it raised my frequency. And then, because if I'm busy saying I can't afford it, I'm going to be attracting all of this proof to prove that I can't afford it. If I'm saying money flows me easily and freely, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look, you know, I found five bucks on the street last week. Like, you know, that that's one little piece of proof. And there were times when I did make money when it did flow to me easily and freely. So I started looking for proof of that. And then it just kept widening my perspective in a much healthier and much more productive area than I can afford it. Amazing. And I said it all the time. Yeah. You kept saying it. And then is at some point, do you, especially when it comes to money, do you suggest that people write out or have a, a mantra of exactly what they want, like a number? Yes, especially with money. Money is about numbers. Money is the one, I mean, I believe in specific specifics all the time anyway, because vagueness, if you just, you know, I, I want to get rich, like what that doesn't even mean anything. You can't get emotional about vagueness. You can get very emotional about a trip to Tuscany with your boyfriend in July, you know, like, and thinking mm -hmm. about where you're going to stay like that. It's, we are emotional creatures. It's all about the emotion. So specifics not only calls up emotion, but when it comes to money, it gives you a, a concrete goal so that you can, you know, you can hustle and be like, Hey, I said, my goal was to make $2,500 this week. So I am not stopping that gun is to my head. It's $2,500 by the end of this week. I've got my specific date. I've got my specific amount. I've got the reason that I need it. And I've got the emotion. And that's, that's how you blast through the terror barrier and stay outside your comfort zone. Oh, so good. And I'm just going to read a little bit here from the example you gave in the book. And you say, I am so grateful for X, and in this case, you put $150,000 by December 31st that allows me to take my family on a vacation to Bali, renovate our kitchen, and donate money to build schools in Kenya. Like, that's very specific. And mm -hmm. you can grasp onto it. Like, you've got it. You can see yeah. it. I love it. Such a good suggestion. Uh, so, you know how the universe sometimes just keeps having things surface in your world until you pay attention? Like my book? Yes, like your book did with me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like my After, book harassing you on vacation. I love it. Yes. And then you, I finally kind of realized, okay, got to pay attention when something comes up a couple of times. And within this last, I'd say, week, self-love, which is not – I mean, it's a very general, broad topic. 
and it's a big one. And it's not the first time I've heard it by any means, but it keeps coming up daily, if not multiple times a day, whether I'm listening to a podcast or reading something or whatever. And in You Are a Badass, you talk about loincloth man and what he taught you. And I just loved it. Can you talk a little bit or or share that story? I want to relive it. Well, I go backpacking in the in this area of Southeast Utah. Actually, the, the, that's the Bears Ears area that is in very deep danger of getting ruined right now because it's no longer federally protected. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it is a magical, magical place. It's totally going through the looking glass. And I would go backpacking there every year for like 16 years with these two friends of mine. And um, we never saw anybody because we'd be deep in the wilderness. And then one day, uh, one of my friends bumped into this guy wearing a loincloth, carrying a squirrel and a spear. And, um, <laughs> and, we, and me and my other friend caught up to him. He told us about him. And then, you know, and we finally met him. We didn't believe him at first, but then loincloth man came around the corner and he was just this guy who was living wild in the canyon for years and eating squirrels and getting deer pelts to keep himself warm. And I just thought that was such an incredible choice to make and talk about giving yourself permission, you know, to be a freak or to be, you know, what other people would think is a freak or just to, to really live exactly how you want to live and do what brings you joy. And I just was so impressed by him. And actually, I love that you just brought him up because he recently contacted me. Wow. He has a technology. <laughs> but with technology, I guess he came out of the canyon and got a phone and an email address. And someone's like, hey, I think some chick put you in her book. And he now teaches. I mean, he was teaching survival skills. And I think he's got a discovery, a show on the Discovery Channel or something. But he's really committed to living life exactly how the hell he wants to. And I just I just love that. I love it, too. That's so cool. And And I think you end that chapter with... I want to be loincloth man. Uh, <laughs> and it's about like, like I don't, I don't you don't want to be him. Bro. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that just it, it's interesting how that's the first step, isn't it? Like we have to give ourselves permission, or at least one of them. It's really such a basic, but it's hard to unlock these other doors if we don't have the primary. And meditation is the other thing. The way you described it is something that I haven't been able to articulate, but it's really what got me, tricked me into meditating is someone said, you know, you're going to have better ideas and better ideas will come to you if you start meditating. I was like, really? Sign me up. (laughs) Like, get more creative. And the difference between meditation and praying, can you share a little bit of your thoughts? Sure. Meditation in my, this is how I define it. I don't know if this is the textbook definition, but I feel like meditation is really blank and quiet and releasing all thought and all intention and just getting into a space where you're connecting with the universe Uh, And, you know, listening to whatever comes in, whatever impulses, whatever ideas, whatever emotions and feelings. And I see praying as something that is more uh, intention setting and informing the universe of of desires. And that's what was so, I mean, just the word. So meditation is about receiving information from Mm -hmm. the universe and praying is more about sending information. And that really, I think, helps or can help people understand the difference, but also 
it's kind of like a download in a way you're receiving. When I read that, I went, yes, you know, (laughs) it's, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So has your practice, how has it evolved from when you first started meditating? Oh, brother, I hate this question because I'm so, you know what, but whatever. I am a sprint runner and I go through really awesome, juicy periods of being a total badass meditator. And then I go through them where I don't meditate at all. Right now I am back and, and, and it's like any other practice or any kind of workout where Every time you drop the ball, it takes longer to get back into shape and it's more painful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, ah, I I lost my meditation muscle. I am presently building it back up right now, but I'm by no means back in my, in the best shape I've ever been, but I'm going to get there. I'm, I'm serious about it. Well, and that's, I appreciate your honesty too. It's, it goes along the lines of something else that I think, you know, you've touched on and your environment can really change it, it can impact you in such a big way. And that's something recently I got this chair. I live in the forest and I got this swing chair that I have outside. And I am so much more consistent now with meditating because I love that chair so much. But it's funny because that's the only thing that's changed. And your environment, you know. Interesting. The, yeah. Whether you. Maybe I should get a swing chair. I want one anyway. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool. So what's one thing that you find yourself, one lesson you find yourself having to learn over and over? Oh, patience. Have patience. That I really, I actually had years ago, I had a friend whose mother was a handwriting analyst and she took one. She didn't even analyze it. She looked at my handwriting. She's like, oh my God, this person has got to slow down. I am really uh, just learning to be patient. I moved, you know, I live in the mountains now. I live in Santa Fe, which is basically, it's a lot of retirees and a lot of lost tourists. And um, (laughs) it's a great place to learn about patients behind the wheel. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And is that... What are your go-tos? If you feel like you're going too fast and you're rushing or you're just, your speed, your pace is too quick, how do you slow yourself down? Taking a breath. Just really take a breath and get back into perspective. It does not matter. Is there something you've been thinking about doing, Jen, that now you're asking yourself, why not now? Could be personal, professional, big, small. Is there something that you're right on the brink of green lighting, your in-between idea and action? Interesting. I have to say at this moment in my life, no, because I am doing a lot of the things that I have said that in the past too. So I've actually really, I've sat down and took my own medicine and and wrote out my goals and was like, you know, I have all this amazing success and time and money to do things that I've didn't before. And I was like, what, what, what is something that I would love to do that I haven't let myself do yet? And it is hanging out with the people I love and laughing my ass off. And so I'm actually working on two different, just straight on comedy projects with um, friends who I've had since I was 18, who are also really successful writers. And we are having a blast. How fun. It's going to be like a live comedy tour or projects that you're just writing, but not performing or one is a screenplay and one is a television show that we want to shoot. Oh, fun. I know. That's super exciting. And um, any books in the works or are they on pause for the moment? Oh, no. There's always a book in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So there 
are some in the works. They're still being negotiated, but gotcha. yes, cool. more badass of coming down the pike. Good, good. There's this, this, I don't remember how you positioned it, but in your first badass book, you say sometimes it's good to use this phrase, this is good because blank. I just have to share with you, we've adopted that in our household, and it's almost become comical at times because like something really silly or something that we definitely didn't want to happen happens, and the immediate thing is... This is good because, and we just look at each other and our eyes get big and be like, someone has to answer, come up with an answer. That's Um, great. I appreciate that. So thanks for the tool. Thanks for using it. Are now using, absolutely. And I have a few rapid fire questions for you. All time favorite book. I just read one that I can't stop thinking about. Um, All the Light We Cannot See. Have you read that thing? No. Okay, so it's... It's not. It's a. It's a novel. It is one of the most beautiful works of art I've read in a very long time. Are you more nonfiction or fiction? I know you've done a lot of self helps books. Reading, yeah, so. I'm. Uh, I'm. I now I'm reading Gloria Steinem's autobiography. So I, I tend to go back and forth. I give myself a novel and then I do nonfiction, and I like it all. Yeah. As yeah. long as it's well written. <laughs> what keeps you up at night? My dog. Um, <laughs> what keeps me up at night. Really, my hip. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yes, I'm in the I'm in the market for a new mattress. If anybody's got any suggestions, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm lucky. I don't. I'm. I've gotten pretty good. This is where meditation, folks, can really help you out. It helps you unhook from thoughts, especially ones that might keep you up at night. But as, as a metaphorical term, what keeps me up at night is our what's going on in the world and our country. Mm-hmm. Can understand that for sure. And pirates or ninjas, who's tougher and why? I'm going to say pirates because I don't really know that much about ninjas. And You know pirates well? I know pirates really well. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Because I think the sea is terrifying and being on a boat in the middle of the ocean takes some serious toughness. Yeah, fair enough. I'm team pirates too, so we'll join you on that one. You're in a crappy mood. How do you get to happy? Music. Mm, yes, that's right. We even music. touch on your music, the as- aspect of your life. And what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't worry so much. Trust that everything is going exactly as it's supposed to. I saw a picture of myself when I was like 28 and I have my legs crossed twice. You know how like you can cross your legs and you touch <laughs> Like, like a yoga move or something. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I have my arms kind of doing the same things and I'm biting my nails. I was like, oh my God, loosen your bone, Wilma. I am just oh. literally tied my body into a knot. I used to be very concerned that I didn't have it all figured out and didn't know what I was doing and didn't know the end results of things. Mm, yeah. Yes, same. It, that's a good one. It's It's a very common answer, but it's Oh, it's really? So true. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah. And I just was sharing that with someone. I get to interview some of the world's most fascinating people, really. And when you start to pull that data of that answer, it's like, wow, trust and ease up usually. Relax yeah. a little bit. Listen up, everyone. I mean, it applies always. I don't think we're ever done. Yeah. No, absolutely. Say old age, old age or age definitely loosens you up. It's much easier. For some reason. Well, and this has been awesome to connect with you. The best place for people to find you, where do you like to connect online? 
uh, my website, which is either youarebadass.com or jensincero.com. Both will get you to the same place. Awesome. And thank you so much for your time and sharing. It's a pretty cool treat to get to talk to you, especially after just reading your book. (laughs) Likewise. Thank you so much. This was really, really great. everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Mm-hmm.